0: You don't have to wait till tomorrow to celebrate your financial Independence Day on where the money is. What's lot July tomorrow, Joel? What
1: you doing? I'm going to catch a ball game and watch some fireworks. Here you going, me too? Maybe, maybe a little Check b- that barbecue. Out. Yeah, yeah, Cubs Cubs in national action? Yeah,
0: the last couple of years we've had some pretty sorry teams come through, but Cubs are still sorry, but at least they're a historical team.
1: Yeah, a lot of Americans like them still.
0: Yeah, somehow they got two series in. About a week and a half's time between these two teams, so it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, be get good. to see Tyler Work the uh, the nice little uh, was he rookie, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's gonna be a good day for a yeah. ball game. Great day. Storms not supposed to hit. Hurricane. Yeah, Maybe we'll hurricane. stay down in North Car- Carolina area.
0: Hopefully, turn up some waves for the people out there in the Outer Banks do some surfing. I haven't, I've heard it hasn't been very good lately, so treat them with a nice Fourth of July celebration. I
1: didn't know they surfed on the East Coast.
0: Oh, dude, are you kidding me? Outer <laughs> Banks is legendary. All right. uh, well, let's get to the, let's get to the, the headlines, I guess. Uh, we'll talk about surfing on a different episode. Uh, so what we came across in the Wall Street Journal, this Energy Journal email, is that Woodside's U.S. deal shows LNG market search for value. This caught me off guard a little bit, saying that Woodside is an LNG producing company itself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Buying LNG from Chenier Energy halfway around the world at a 15% markup. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Chenier isn't even producing LNG yet and Woodside is gonna be distributing it just as easily. So Mm -hmm. seeing this kind of shows me that there's a huge disconnect still and companies around the globe outside the U.S. think that that's gonna uh, persevere for the next few years because if they think that they can sell the LNG that they're buying and then reselling it Mm -hmm. and make a profit on that, I don't see how that's going to be possible for them in the long run,
1: personally. I mean, yeah, it, it just comes back to what the United States has been able to do with tapping shell assets mm-hmm. and natural gas shell. And then you can get it at a lot cheaper level. I mean, Woodside recently walked away from a huge natural gas deal, yep. the, the Leviathan field out on the outside or off the coast of Israel. That was a big deal. Um, so they were walking away from natural gas. They're, the thing with this this company is – they're very conservative capital allocators. They're not gonna go and start ta- tackling these very expensive offshore projects. I mean, primarily, they are, they're an Australian company, mm-hmm. and look at all the projects off of the coast of Australia. Yeah. Look at the costs of, of, of them, the Gorgon projects.
0: Like, like $20 billion over, I yeah. think, for some of them.
1: So, as, as a conservative company, I think they're looking at what the United <laughs> States has been able to do. And, you know, when we're, we're tapping our, our assets, it's basically on demand. We're manufacturing natural mm-hmm. gas, because we know where it's at. We know that how to access it, access it, so we're not going after these dry holes and missing. So we're actually getting natural gas at a cheap level. So they're securing some contracts to, you know, so they have something to fall back on. And in the meantime, they're waiting for basically projects that will fit into their budget, something that they want to tackle. And in the meantime, I think they're just going to give money back to shareholders through dividends and repurchasing until they can come across the project.
0: Yeah, I guess it just be a waiting game. And now with Chenier bringing some natural gas uh, exportation, Mm-hmm. On uh, next year, hopefully, I mean, by the end of it, they should be starting up that first facility at Sabine Pass. Mm-hmm. And lately, this company has just been auctioning off uh, supplies left and right to companies all around the world. Um, even with their Corpus Christi plant, now that uh, the they decided to, the Department of Energy has decided to change the way that they look at these projects. Mm-hmm. They're going to analyze the companies that are further ahead in the process. Engineers, uh, Corpus Christi plant, while it's further down the list, the original list of applica- mm-hmm. of applications. It's definitely further ahead as far as production and, and FERC approval is concerned.
1: Yeah, and if you know, government's looking at projects that they want to support and mm-hmm. actually pass, um, having Chenier, having their Sabine pass almost completed, they right. can pretty much trust that. And that's what um, Woodside is actually purchasing from the yeah. second Corpus Christi plant, not the actual uh, Sabine pass that's going to be completed.
0: Yeah, that Sabine pass could have been a huge flop. They were built for ex- importation of mm-hmm. LNG, but... Uh, their CEO decided to uh, reverse course, and wisely so. First one off the, lo- on, off, the, off the dock for LNG. So we'll see how that uh, nicely produces for them once they actually do start shipping it. Mm-hmm. That takes us to our second headline from Bloomberg. We're looking at the Bakken where oil explorers told to cut flaring or face crude caps. This is a big deal. Second largest oil-producing state in the country behind Texas. Flaring has been a big problem up there. Mm-hmm. they talked about it for a couple of years now. It was big in West Virginia and the Marcellus, but they've gotten things under control nicely because takeaway capacity has emerged. Uh, and it's still emerging there. So they're well ahead of, this, of the curve here. But for f- folks out there that don't know what flaring is, that's when natural gas production is beyond what they can take away in the pipelines. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people might recognize images of flaring back in the Gulf War when uh, Saddam Hussein flared Kuwaiti gas mm-hmm. to kind of punish them, uh, the huge smoke streams. While flaring in America isn't that bad, uh, it is still pollu- poll- polluting the air and uh, wasting a lot of money for these companies that they could be generating mm-hmm. and see possible oil caps for companies up there is really going to hurt that bottom line.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people that aren't too familiar with the different shell plays, the Bakken is oil, so they're right. wondering, why is natural gas there? And anytime time you extract oil or natural gas, there's a lot of different hydrocarbons that come out of it. So while it's primarily oil, 90-plus percent oil, you still mm-hmm. have that natural gas. So you have to flare that because there's no pipelines to treat it and start sending it away. And I think that's one of the biggest issues. We're looking at in, in the Bakken about the, every year they waste about a billion dollars or half a billion dollars in flaring. Mm-hmm. But to build those pipelines, you're looking at multi-billion dollar projects, Way it's more. very very expensive to do that. So, you know, the the North Dakota Railroad Commission is basically looking at cutting about 26% less flaring by the end mm-hmm. of this year and then even into the first quarter of 2015, they want 23% uh, on top of that. Um, reduced and flaring so you know what our companies going to do if, if the pipeline companies aren't coming out there to take away the natural mm-hmm. gas they have to make a decision and what i think it is going to come down to is you're going to have to start using that natural gas to either power your rigs there's another project that stat oil has been getting into it's called the last mile fueling solution basically what they're doing is moving around um, compressed natural gas stations where they can take the gas where it's being flared compress it and then ship it through either trucks or uh, rail or other ways since it is Mm -hmm. compressed and then you can or you could actually use it in in your different rigs or vehicles so there's a few different ways about it there are pipelines going into north uh north dakota but they're oil pipelines yeah um i just don't see that many there's not
0: even enough of those in in yeah i mean rail at record levels
1: exactly i mean enbridge enterprise product partners and energy transfer all have three projects to move oil outside of uh, North Dakota. They're all moving to different areas. One's going to Oklahoma, one's going to Wisconsin, the other one's to Illinois. But they're all focused on oil because that's where the money is. You really aren't going to see natural gas pipelines explode in this area because there's not enough natural gas to move it. So you will see flaring until companies actually start making internal changes maybe mm-hmm. with rigs that they're using. to Yeah, we,
0: we saw us at, we went to uh, one of the side satellite locations of uh, National Oil of and they had a lot of different machinery that could be used uh, uh, to run on natural gas at the well site. So mm-hmm. uh, that's definitely a possibility. Whether or not they'll use enough uh, of that natural gas that's being flared to, to meet these requirements, 26% by fourth quarter, like you said, and then 23 additional percentage points by the fourth quarter of 2015. So that will be tough. These are big moves, a quarter right off the top in the next few months, really. So we'll see. Um, I'll be interested to follow it. Back to LNG, although... We're touching on something that we haven't really talked about ever and something that caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. People think that the revolving door only exists in the banking sector between government and in the private sector. But you look at the Huffington Post here, revealed Heather Zaikal met with Chenier executives as energy or as Obama energy aid before board nomination. So mm-hmm. now she's on the board of Chenier Energy um, a company that we just talked about as being the first to market uh, with LNG exportation, or will be the first to market next year. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first approved. They're about to have a second facility approved, in my mind. And uh, I'm a shareholder, and this caught me off guard. This just shows you really have to dive in, and and you can't catch everything. Mm -hmm. uh, Because she's just nominated to the board, and she's worked with the Obama and the White House uh, on their energy side. And I think that they said that the Obama White House has met with Chenier about 32 times in in the last Mm -hmm. few years. So... It's interesting to see how that how that transpires.
1: Yeah, I mean I think the first thing you when you look at a headline like that is is there a conflict of interest right. having Immediate the overlap in, in government. But I, I really don't think that's the case and I think you'll see a lot more appointments from people working inside government moving into the private sector mm-hmm. like this because they're the ones that are really involved making sure that the projects are are actually being run correctly. Um, they're involved with the actual decisions of how much natural gas should we be right. moving to foreign markets. So, you know, I don't. I, I think this is pretty standard in business. They need to understand what Cheniere is doing on these projects. That's what she's there for. Um, so, you know, since she knows that business and she wants to move outside of – the government um, sphere. I, I don't see this as a conflict of interest at all. I think this is just standard business.
0: Yeah, you can't trap these people to the government into the government roles that they're in forever. And I agree, uh, this is just Shanir going out there. She knows what what the government and the White House is thinking, so mm-hmm. it's going to help them with their capital expenditure planning because they're spending billions of dollars to develop projects, and it's just going to help them make wiser decisions. Yes. Obviously, people are going to be out there with some conspiracy theories mm-hmm. thinking that she's going to have that uh, Rolodex of people to call and, and communicate with and, mm-hmm. and call in favors. But like you said, I think this is a move on Chanier's part to help them with better foresight on these major projects that they're building.
1: Exactly. And before she even was uh, nominated to sit on the chair under Obama's administration mm-hmm. – the uh, Sabine, Sabine Pass was already constructed. Mm-hmm. The, the permits were already um, issued, so there was no overlap there it wasn 't right. like she was instrumental to bringing that project to Chenier. You know They had that project um, already going and you know Cheniere is just one of those companies that I, I think they need to figure out hopefully what, what is going to work long term for mm-hmm. them because I mean, they, like you mentioned, they started out as a natural gas company. Then they moved into um, natural gas importing. Yeah. Once prices drop, now they're exporting. So hopefully that works out for them long term. But I don't, I don't see this as a conflict of interest. I don't think this is a big deal at all. Uh, good for her going yeah. and getting a great seat on a company that's really been doing well. And hopefully will be instrumental in moving a lot of natural gas. Excess natural gas into foreign markets.
0: Yeah, the CEO Sharif Suki. He's a lifetime networker. He was a banker back in the day, one of the best deal makers uh, in his industry, mm-hmm. uh, world on a global scale. Then he started his own company, obviously. Um, but, yeah, that's just him. That's just his mindset, and he's been a, uh, a mover and a shaker since he got into the business, and mm-hmm. I think that this is just the next step in what he's thinking, yeah, and, and it's, it's just the, an evolution.
1: He was the highest-paid executive last year in 2013, yeah. or energy executive.
0: That's right, and he tried to, tried to be paid a little bit more with shares, but uh, yeah. they struck that down uh, yeah. Yeah. wisely, I think, in, in the minds of shareholders. Uh, so that's behind them now, and, and then this hits them in right in the face. But I think this will be a non-issue in, in, in no time.
1: Yeah, and once 2015 comes, and late 2000, maybe 2016, once they start exporting, I think uh, a lot of this will just
0: Yeah, it's not like we away. have ex-CEOs of oil companies sitting as the head of the Department of Energy like you do at the Federal Reserve and the SEC. So
1: yeah. A little bit different good, good than point. the banking revolving. Very board. good point. Let's uh, let's move into our stock quiz. Okay, let's All have right. it. Uh, the first question I have for you is, I'm looking at Texas... One of the biggest state uh, producing uh, producer of oil. How much does Texas, or what OPEC member, produces as much oil as Texas, the state of Texas? And the four uh, choices are: A. Saudi Arabia, B. Iraq, C. Venezuela, or D. Iran. About the same oil production, Texas compared to one of these OPEC members.
0: That's tough. I know A isn't right, but the next three are, are kind of uh, kind of tricky especially with the flip-flopping that Iraq and Iran have been doing on overall production over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to write off Iran due to sanctions. Although they're growing quite a bit. They are growing, but I, I, over a million barrels a day. I'll go with uh, Venezuela. C, right? C, Venezuela? Uh, D,
1: D was Venezuela. Oh, sorry. Um, Actually, it was Iraq.
0: Oh, Iraq. Okay.
1: Iraq. Um, so yeah, I mean,
0: definitely didn't see that one coming.
1: It's 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 one of those OPEC members that really started producing a lot over the last two mm-hmm. years, and and uh, with Texas really getting the Eagle Ford going from basically nothing in 2008 to over a million barrels a day yeah, today. They're clipping along pretty well. They uh, have been adding on quite a bit. Bakken's so.
0: chasing them down there. They're at a million barrels a day now too. So. As the second largest producing state up there in North Dakota, we'll see if they can catch them. I don't know because Permian's just starting to rock and roll now. So. I mean,
1: you, you might be able to see Texas in the not too far future, um, looking at actually producing as much as Saudi Arabia, if the Permian carries as much yep. oil reserves as it says some of these executives are hoping, and they can actually horizontally drill it and access a lot of that oil because there's a ton in place, Fingers it's just crossed. getting it, getting it uh, economically, and if the price stays high. Yep. There could be a lot of oil.
0: For fools out there looking to access the Permian, you've got Pat, Apache and you've got uh, Pioneer Natural Resources doing great things out there.
1: Yep, I mean, Scott Sheffield at Pioneer thinks this might be the biggest oil play right now in, the, in almost the whole entire world.
0: Yeah, I don't so. reference him much, but Jim Cramer said he talked with him and, and agrees, so we'll see if he's just talking off his top of his head on TV or if he actually knows what he's talking about. But uh, listening to the CEO of one of the most innovative um, oil and gas companies in the country is something that investors should take note of. Absolutely. So, all right, your turn. Stock right. quiz for Joel. Uh, what are you, like three for three now, undefeated? Uh, four well, for four, four? I think we've had four. Yeah, yeah four for four. Okay, so mine is uh, which oil and gas company has not sold assets in the past year? This has been a big trend of selling non-core this is, assets this to is refocus difficult on North America. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got A, Devon Energy, B, Murphy Oil, C. Occidental Petroleum and D. Apache Corp.
1: This is a tough, tough, really tough question. Since there has been so many even even small deals that companies have been spitting off. Um, Well, I'll say I'll just go ahead and uh, preface this that all three that have have sold
0: over a billion dollars in deals. Mm -hmm. So um, these aren't the small piecemeal ones.
1: Okay, so Devon Energy. I know they just this week sold some natural gas assets uh, uh, or announced that they they plan on doing that. $2.3 $2.3 um, billion or something like that. So I don't think it's them. Apache, uh, they were looking at some Europe, or, uh, Egyptian asset yep. sales. Murphy Oil was one of the integrated players, and I think they spun off their downstream. So I'm going to go with Occidental Petroleum.
0: Well, you, nailed it, you narrowed it down to the two that um, I was most interested in. And Murphy uh, Oil? It's Murphy Oil. Murphy Oil. Yeah, they are looking to sell $3 billion uh, worth of Malaysian assets. It's out there. There's no bidders so yet. So are they still integrated? Uh, so that's the downstream, and that was I think that was uh, more than a year ago. Okay. So, okay. Uh, it, it's close, but now they're, they're an ah. upstream company uh, looking to sell $3 billion worth of Malaysian assets, uh, which accounted for 45% of their 2012 production. So they want to go back after the Eagle Ford, go figure, and the Gulf of Mexico. So Murphy Oil trying to, but hasn't yet. Uh, and then you've got Occidental Petroleum, who's also trying to sell $8 billion worth of uh, Middle East assets, haven't found a bidder yet, but they did sell um, some Hugeton assets for just over a billion dollars um, earlier this year, and that's a field that goes from Colorado uh, mm-hmm. to Kansas and, and Oklahoma. So, big field, not as well known, not not producing a ton of oil and natural gas, but they did sell it to raise some money. free Oil,
1: yeah, good question.
0: There it is. So you you mentioned the Egyptian assets for Apache. That was a big. That was holding them back quite. Quite uh, awfully. They got great assets in the United States, but um, e- the whole Egyptian turmoil in the yeah. Arab Spring uh, really held them back. And when they sold those assets, at a great
1: share sure price yeah, appreciation. 9% right in that.
0: one day, uh, still great since then. Um, they still own Egyptian assets, but getting some of that weight off their mm-hmm. shoulders was, was very positive for them. And like you mentioned with Devon Energy, selling uh, assets in the Rockies, onshore Gulf of Mexico, and the Midcon to Lynn Energy for 2300000000 billion. They're getting
1: great money for natural yeah, gas assets. Unbelievable. Devon Energy is a well-run company. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, if they keep hitting their oil, I mean, there's, that's a good, I think, a good investment. And we've agree. been saying that for quite some time. looks like that share price appreciation has already been kicking in. Yeah, the market's It's up quite a bit uh, quite, uh, so far this year, yep. but it's still a huge future in front of that company, especially with such a strong balance sheet, a lot mm-hmm. of cash to start plugging back into some of these higher oil plays in the United States. Couldn't argue with that. What's next? Mailbag. Mailbag. We're going to the mailbag. Mailbag. We got uh, two questions. Our, our first one was from a listener actually listening last week, and he had a question. Um, we were right. talking about oil exports, Keep it up. and he actually had a question: Is you guys obviously are not in favor of exporting crude oil, but I'm c- curious as to why. That's from Joseph Bedford, and you know that's a good question because mm-hmm. we do talk about oil exports quite a bit, but I guess we've never really gone out and said a whole lot of why we like exporting, right. or why we're against exporting oil from the United States. And, you know, uh, what's, what's your take on this?
0: Well, I'm, I'm against it, and f- simply for the fact that, okay, yes, we like exporting LNG, or I, I am, because mm-hmm. we've never really exported it from anybody but Canada. Uh, we ex- We import about all of Canada's natural gas exportation and about all of their oil exportation. They're mm-hmm. trying to diversify a little bit, but the fact that we import oil from so many other countries, volatile countries, that mm-hmm. I think being less reliant on those countries from, from an oil perspective is more important than being less reliant on Canada mm-hmm. for natural gas. Yeah. They have tons of natural gas assets up there. Pipelines flow back and forth between these two countries. Uh, they're great trade partners. NAFTA is in, in full effect between us. So, um, the fact that we rely only on Canada really for natural gas importation and countries like we've mentioned already, Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. Venezuela, um, Libya, all these countries play into this oil oil importation that that we're currently experiencing. So the less reliant we can be on them, the better. And starting to export oil when we're producing near record levels yep. is just a bad idea in my mind.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the reason we put the, the ban in place in 1973 is because of the OPEC oil embargo. So I think is if if we were importing enough oil from North America mm-hmm. and or even the OECD I think we would be okay to right. start exporting okay. crude oil but as long as we're still importing you know 15 to 18% from volatile areas I don't think we should be exporting it and you know I'm not against exportation like you were saying mm-hmm. with LNG I also like exporting refined product and you know why not keep the oil here and actually use the whole value chain and right. add exactly. value by producing the oil, putting it on our, our pipelines, and then moving it into refining, and then getting value added and all the jobs from all three sectors, then getting the refined product and exporting it like we currently are. So I don't see any issue with that, and I think that's where a lot of growth should come from. And I think as long as we can do that, we'll be in in better position. And then also talking about how much oil we are producing. Three out of every four barrels we're producing right now is just for um, replacing barrels that we've already produced or are using so the growth is not going to be such a hockey stick as we have seen in the last five or six years it's going to slowly the growth will start slowly creeping down and then once you're at that point then you're looking at you know how much oil are we sitting on should we be exporting it i don't think that's the case unless we have a lot of other backups you know either if 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 we start importing from mexico Mm -hmm. um importing from canada more from canada so i think once until that actually happens i don't think we should be actually exporting our crude oil.
0: You don't see companies sitting on oil wells like you see companies sitting on natural gas wells right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone that has oil is producing oil. Marcellus has got tons of acres. It's just sitting there undeveloped because, A, the prices aren't there, and, B, we're in an oversupply situation. Mm-hmm. So until oil is in that dramatic oversupply situation, which I don't think it will be,
1: um, I'm I mean, all
0: for keeping it on Because you talk about all the jobs that have come out of the oil and gas sector over the last few years. If you start bypassing the refining sector... There you go. You're, you've lost all those jobs
1: that you gained. Absolutely. And the world uses about 90 uh, b- million barrels of oil a day. And it's constantly, the supply and demand is always right there. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing huge swings not like you do all. in natural gas. So I, I just think that until you actually get that oversupply, then we should just keep it in-house. There we go. Thanks for the um, question. Yeah, let's let's go to another question. Okay. Uh, number it. two. Um, this one's from Raph. and. He's asking, I'd love to hear your view on biofuels, uh, especially Renewable Energy Group, which seems to be more aggressive than anyone else. Um, You know, this is a a sector that we don't cover too much. um, But looking at this company, there's a few things that I think stood out. Um, First is... The thing that you have to consider with biofuels is you're still having a lot of subsidies, so you're always at the whims of political decisions. New parties will come in, cut subsidies. You saw what happened with wind um, over the last few years. The The subsidies were in place, and look at how much growth we had in the last three or four years. Going into this year, new projects had to already be planned uh, for that subsidy to stay in, so you're not seeing as many projects started now. You're seeing a lot coming online that were started before. So obviously the political decisions are, are always big. Um, with Renewable Energy Group, unlike some of the other um, some of their other competitors, they have a great infrastructure in place. They have facilities that basically reach coast to coast. Their products are not you know moved around like pipelines like mm-hmm. traditional oil so you' they 're basically producing it and moving it to distributors so having that infrastructure in place is nice. What I also like about them is they 're not just Biofuels. This is a company in, like Solozyme. They're moving away just from the biodiesel. They're getting into renewable oils. They're trading products that are used in personal care, plastics, detergent. I mean, they hold a whole spectrum. So they have a lot of end markets, which is nice. Um, but when, you come, when it comes down to it, this is a company that's still trading under one, uh, mm-hmm. one times book value, which is nice. It's a 440 million market cap company, and look at how much they have in cash. They have 140 million dollars in cash. 35 million in debt so if you factor that in and they've been free cash positive since 2011 i think that they can not have to worry so much about the subsidies because they're generating cash Mm -hmm. and if say there's a new party that came in that cut subsidies for four years they can still tackle a lot of their long-term projects having a good balance sheet is so so necessary especially in kind of nascent growing companies or industries and i think since they do have that uh, I think they're in a stronger position than most. Obviously, this is a sector that you really it comes down to what the political decisions are mm-hmm. going to be. That's always going to be a worry, but this company has the balance sheet to withstand it. So, if there's going to be a winner, which you know there will be probably, um, this is one that investors would probably want to look at and you look into.
0: Clearly, know more about this than I do, but one of our contributing writers, Max Chatsko, mm-hmm. knows a lot about this. M-A-X-X-C-H-A-T-S-K-O, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very, bri- very, very wise in this area. So, yep. if you want to read some articles on Fool.com, I'd point you to him.
1: Uh, Absolutely, I mean, he covers them all. He he has deep insight. He mm-hmm. knows he's sat down with management teams in all of these companies. Uh, he's checked out their facilities. He knows quite a bit about the space. And yeah, I, 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 he knows. He's probably forgotten more than I know about this industry. <laughs> so definitely definitely look into him if you so want to put that. If you start uh, really investing in these companies. Uh, that would be a good starting point.
0: Okay. Well, that's our mailbag. Thanks for the
1: two questions. Um, as always, we'll have a whole show of questions if we get enough. Yeah, send them, send them um, TMF Energy. That's our Twitter. And then also energy at fool.com. Send your questions and we'll be sure to answer them.
0: That's it. So now to the Twitters. Uh, not tweets to us, but tweets we found on the Internet. that kind of shocked us or interested us or Mm -hmm. whatever. Uh, Our first one comes from World Oil Online at World Oil. Siemens CEO chasing U.S. shale gas boom has firepower for deals. Firepower and boom in the same sentence. Kind of goes back to last week talking about GE getting big into oil and gas Mm -hmm. with their blowout preventer deal that we talked about. Uh, But this is onshore shale gas. Obviously America's producing this at a very high rate right Mm -hmm. now. Um, trying to compete with with GE, which is I guess their American counterpart sure and, uh, they 're talking about this quote from their CEO says "Our firepower is huge, obviously, if you look at the liquidity, the cash we generate, and the rating we 've got it 's very true this is a very well run company over in Germany absolutely um, They've been kind of competing with GE a little bit uh, last month they lost a 17 billion dollar deal that they were kind of auctioning or bid in a bidding war with GE for for the Allstoms energy assets yep. um, and then you talk about them spending 1.3 billion dollars to buy Rolls-Royce's not for the vehicles. Uh, energy assets not, the vehicles, not for the vehicles but their energy assets mainly turbines and things yeah, like absolutely. that um, so they're really targeting um, maybe not just shale gas extraction but the use of that to generate power yep. and uh, we're talking about huge increases of natural gas usage on the power front, um, since nuclear is kind of on the outs. Coal, obviously not very favorable in the United States right now. Uh, so that's the big ticket item right now for utilities to be using, and uh, turbines have been uh, flying off the shelves, and Siemens wants in on that action.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Siemens is basically, when you look at um, GE Oil and Gas, GE Oil and Gas is in the business that Siemens is in, but they also get into more of that extraction. Right. A lot of the equipment to extract, where Siemens is really... About power generation they go out and have uh or do a lot of projects with basically all types of of fuel sources so what they're trying to get into is natural gas is cheap we want to get into that generation game the great thing about natural gas unlike a lot of other fuels it's on demand say uh there's a power source uh la gets hungry for for energy right away You can flip a switch and turn on these turbines, Mm -hmm. cheap natural gas, power them. So this is a big business, and they see that as really the future that they want to get into. So they're looking at really the turbine business and really generating natural gas power, not so much extracting, like, uh, GE oil and gas. But, you know, like you mentioned, the Rolls-Royce, they're one of the best uh, engines out there. Uh, There are a lot of new, quick plants, natural gas plants that are coming on, Uh, basically peaker plants, which supply power when needed. Um, are using Rolls-Royce. And Not
0: just cars for Jay-Z anymore. No,
1: no. I mean, their they're, they're, mean they're, they're, they're business is primarily in the turbine mm-hmm. now. So I, I think it's a good move for them. And I think if you look at where energy is, the growth in energy. It's going to be in some of the renewables. Natural gas is going to be the huge growth driver for generating power for the long term.
0: Yeah, when you talked about Siemens just to, even less than a few months ago, it was mainly wind power that they're in, but mm-hmm.
1: shale gas is where it's at. Where yeah. it's and, at. It, and they complement yeah. each other very nice.
0: And Europe has a lot of shale gas that they haven't even tapped into. So if that market decides to change its focus and, and kind of allow that to take place, mm-hmm. they've got a good home market for these turbines. Yeah, lines, I,
1: mean, it's a, I mean, it's a well-run German company. There it is. And they've been really on the forefront of, of uh, generating power and working in power plants for, for a long time. Agreed. That takes us to a pretty topical headline with the heat of summer, 105
0: on the heat index here in D.C. Oof. yesterday.
1: It was ugly Miserable.
0: Sticky. I almost stayed at work all day just so I didn't have to go home. Uh, we've got a tweet from Energy Star, at Energy Star, don't let the hot days send your utility bills into the stratosphere. Chill out with Energy Star and save all summer long talking about they they do everything they they certify everything they've got roof products appliances computers power tools you name it Uh, you can even get discounts from the government as far as subsidies for buying them they're even making waves into the commercial side of uh, buildings Uh, I think about 30% now of buildings in the U.S. on the commercial side Mm -hmm. are Energy Star certified not as many lead certified but Energy Star certified obviously people are picking up on this energy savings is huge and with, oh, yeah. the, with the dog days of summer just ahead of us, um, people are going to see those utility bills spike, and not so much for the people that are utilizing these kinds of appliances. Mm.
1: Oh, yeah, they're nice, especially if you're doing your tax returns next yeah. year. Make sure you keep all your and receipts and those, those patches because you can definitely write all those off. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's, it is it is hot. It's, it's <laughs> going to be a hot summer, I feel, yeah. and just having the last few days uh, have been miserable. But <laughs> guess what? It's the 4th of July. That's it. So it's... Get Time to to it. actually get outside for the weekend and enjoy it. Let the house cool off with your energy efficient appliances. Mm-hmm. Come back to a nice cool place, but uh, check out the fireworks. Turn off all the lights. While Watch you're some baseball. At the apple pie some barbecue. I was
0: going to say apple that's pie and moonshine, but uh, that's pretty American, I think, right?
1: Uh, it is in the South. <laughs> it
0: is in the South. Well, we're almost there, and that's where I'm from, so that's what was on my mind. All right. So uh, I guess that's it. That's, that's, that's what we
1: got. Yeah. Happy 4th of July.
0: Office is more full than I thought it was. I guess people aren't celebrating just yet.
1: Uh, it's only the 3rd.
0: All right. Well, don't forget TMF Energy on Twitter, energyatfool.com, on the internet, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where you can send your questions, comments, concerns, Every Thursday, you can find us on the fool.com homepage, uh, iTunes and Stitcher as well. Thanks a lot for fooling on with us. Enjoy the 4th.